E3. 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 Oh, doggy. Finally uh, getting back to our our giant suite after walking around E3 for a third day. My feet are really killing me. I don't know about you, Justin. The hiking boots that I brought, yeah, they're good for hiking, but they're starting to give me blisters sort of up my legs. Uh, yeah, because they're knee high. Uh, I forgot to mention that they're <laughs> knee high hiking boots. <clears throat> but uh, I'm I'm exhausted after a third day of walking around this convention center. Uh, but I, I I feel like we saw some good stuff today. You know, how about you? Uh, how's it How's it going for you? What convention center were you at? Well, are we not? You know, it's interesting, Justin. I thought it was weird that I didn't see you all day. I was walking around yeah. asking people, "Have you seen my friend Justin?" And everyone's like, "I don't." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what are you talking, sir? I did, I'm, I'm cleaning the bathrooms. I was like, right, no, no, but there's just I, no one else here. I think you were at a Best Buy. Oh, <laughs> the big. Uh, you know what? Actually, Justin, I'm kind of a dummy. You know what should have given it, given it away? Is the giant yellow price tag sign that says Best Buy in the building that I entered? Yeah, and the shirts. They were all wearing name <laughs> tags that said Best Buy and then their names. Okay, yes, that actually makes sense. Uh, so then maybe I didn't. Oh, so then that means I missed all of E3 today. What's yeah, a, yeah, the, yeah. Well, did you? That's the question well, because the convention center I was walking around at, uh, it, it was not great. <laughs> this is obviously a farce. Uh, it's it's guys, it's online. Remember? <laughs> hey, remember the, there's a pandemic that I we cannot escape from. Anyway, uh, so there were a lot of game trailers today, and I do want to talk about this. this hey, this is Peter being serious again. Um, I'm in my house safe from the outside world. Uh, so the boots are still on though, just to be clear. Yes, they are. So, okay. So game trailers, there've been a lot of game trailers over the past three days, as is, uh, typical E3 style. I would like to right now, I would like to vote. I would like everyone to vote. I think we should be giving the name of the game at the beginning of the trailer because I can't, I just can't anymore Watch a trailer where a guy's like, all my life I've I've lived in the shadows. And then like, you know, <laughs> shooting gameplay or or he's got a big sword, maybe it's an anime sword guy, and it's like, now I'm gonna make it my name known to the world. Do you know what I'm saying? And then at the end, it's like, oh, it's it's. I think it, this is just. It might be like an attention thing for me to a certain point, but like I just need to know what it is when I'm watching it. And right, some of them, yes. it's it's very inconsistent. I think one thing that Microsoft did well, going back to Microsoft, was that they made it very clear about what was not only on Game Pass, but what was a uh, console exclusive, uh, mm-hmm. what was a Xbox exclusive. Like they were like very like. They let you know. I wasn't yeah. confused during yes. your conference. But most of these other ones, I'm like, thank goodness I'm not in person because I cannot tell you how many times I have paused the YouTube video or the Twitch stream in order to find out what the heck the game was, what it was called, and when it's coming out, if they well, even said that. And even looking back on like the games that I saw today, I look at the names of the games, and some of them are like, which one was that? Because I wasn't like associating the name with the trailer. I also hate... uh like name like like a logo that you can't you look at it you're trying to read it but you still don't know what the game title is based off the logo because it's like in such a font that you're like is that wit wingdings like what is that what are you trying Mm -hmm. to say i don't know what the name of your game is which i think is kind of important for buying a game yes so i think we should all vote on it and i think we should change how it is and and i'm torn because i do love that that reveal when it's like you know 
I, I do like when it's a an anticipated release and you get the title at the end. Or or if it's like a game that everyone knows what it is, like that Elden Ring trailer didn't need to start with saying Elden Ring. It, you know, everyone knew what that was when it came out. Elden Ring can, can be at the end, but I think that there should be, I think just in general, it should be at the at the at the front. But that's my that's there's a lot of uh, of hot takes going around E3, and that's mine, and it is for my own convenience, and it's not because I thought anything was bad or good or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, just very hard to take notes. That's all. That's all we want. We want it to be easy for us to take notes. Absolutely. This, Justin, is it, Bucks. Hitbox episode, huh? Part three. The third part <laughs> in a quadrilogy that is four, uh, a, a trilogy of four, if you will, of E3 episodes talking. Did I do that right? Quadrilogy, right? That sounds right. Yeah, no, yeah. I was remembering that movie, the Disney Channel original movie called Quince, uh, and it was about five kids. So I'm like, you didn't say quint tuplets. Mm. So. You said quad, which is four, four. which yeah. there you go. That's where my mind went when you said that. Well, we're talking about E3 day three here on Hitbox. My name is Peter Hunts-Bittek. With me, as always, is my good, dear friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. Justin, I want to talk about E3 because a lot of people have feelings about it now that we are three quarters of the way through. Uh, in general, how are you feeling about this year's E3? It's gonna be a big old meh. It's okay. It's okay. Some of the yeah, yeah. I thought yesterday was really solid. Personally, uh, today less so. But we sort of knew that going in based on who was gonna be there, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like just looking at the schedule, like if you were excited for the Verizon conference, if that was what you were waking up in the morning for, um, and then you were upset when they didn't release a video game announcement. I don't. I don't know why you're here. You know. <laughs> Did they? So I I missed that one. You, you know, gosh dang it, I, I missed it. Oh, uh, you watched man. it. Did was there anything? I anything of note? I guess five G. Uh, they talked about five G, and they were talking about how that can impact games. It was a lot of talking to you. It was like you were. I guess it's like if you're at a convention and you're at like a specified panel, right? Like that's what Verizon, they were mostly selling 5G, Mm. talking about that kind of stuff. Um, They had a couple initiatives they announced at the end of them doing outreach with, uh, you know, uh, communities that uh, maybe don't have access to computers and it's harder for schools uh, and kids to get involved in video games. Um, Some scholarship opportunities. I thought that stuff was cool and they had some like interesting stuff, but like literally they, they showed a commercial of 5G. This is what you're world looks like without 5g and it was like people like all like skipping and they're like this is what it looks like with 5g and it was like smooth um and then the guy's like i like that controller like sorry the the guy said i like that commercial um at the end of it and like i was like well i mean you just show me a commercial during the press <laughs> conference i don't know yeah, okay I, know well, I mean i guess that's what these a lot of these presentations are i mean essentially e3 is just a big commercial for what's going on but um the the good the good presentations, Justin, the good ones are when you get a little bit of background on what you're watching, it, namely, and and I want to <laughs> talk about this. I want to talk about this in more detail, uh, in in a little bit. But the 
the Freedom Games showcase, which was like it followed the indie showcase, which was the Freedom Games one was I think another indie showcase. Uh, it it was cool because they had a little snippet about the development of the game, talking to some developers, and then show the trailer of the game. And it, it, I think that's the way you to really like cement the idea of what each game is and like what's going into their development and stuff. Exactly. But. And like and like full stop, like today the only conference that I would recommend you go back and watch um if you're interested in some games like new games would be the Freedom Games showcase, which is a shock that it would come out of my mouth. Um uh after just you know thinking about like we have Capcom today in television, yeah. uh, but the Freedom Games one really had some interesting stuff. And as you're saying, I think that format of getting some background on like why they made the game and what they're trying to do with it, then they showed the trailer. Like it just gave you so much more context for that game. Yeah, and maybe it ruins some of that initial excitement about seeing uh, Kratos throw twirling his sticks around. Um, but like it, it just it. it made the game seem like they were so much more human because you got to see the people behind them rather than just being like a, a colorful sprite that you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice. I liked it. No, I, I would totally agree. So, okay, actually let's talk about this now because we're, we're here. Uh, what were some of the games that sort of stood out to you from the freedom game showcase? Uh, game of the show. Uh, it's called to the rescue. Is it the dog one? Yeah, so it's yeah. like a management simulator about um, uh, dog rescue, and uh, I, I'm kidding. It's about game of the show. I, you know, I'll I'll probably play this game just because of the fact that 20 percent of all proceeds to this game go to um, a uh, I forget the name of the specific charity, but it goes to basically a uh, pet shelter. Twenty yeah. percent of of every sale, which is awesome That's that awesome. they did that. Um, and the game just looks like, in itself, a management simulator, except that you're dealing with with uh, cute little doggies. And for me personally, um, uh, my little doggie's a little rescue dog, and that's just a very important thing for me. And like, how often do you hear and see a video game about something like that? Um, so I just thought it was that was a cool little thing. And then hearing the person beforehand talk about it, uh, it, it was that that stuck out to me as being something that was pretty cool in that showcase. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The the one that stuck out to me was Coromon, which is, I think they even mentioned in that developer interview thing that, like, this is just heavily inspired by Pokemon. Uh, and yeah. it, it's just, it's Pokemon. <laughs> it's it's just straight up Pokemon. But um, now I know we might have opinions about Pokemon that might not line up with the general consensus. We both thought that Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu are excellent and that... Awesome. Uh, and that the Sword and Shield are also excellent. Coromon looks like the game Pokemon wants to be, but somehow isn't. <laughs> like, yeah. by, by that I just mean, like, the animations for all of the different, I assume, I just assume they're called Coromon. Um, they feel so alive. It's, it's all, like, hand animated and, like... It's not just sprites moving around. They have, like, per- real personality to them. Yeah, one thing I really liked uh, in it was it looked like the bosses or the quote-unquote gym leaders or whatever were just, like, monsters. Like, yeah. So you were, like, fighting against a big monster. And I know they kind of have that kind of stuff in Pokemon. Like, Sword and Shield, like, the final boss battles a mythical Pokemon. And they have those, like, legendary battles all the time, mm-hmm. right? But, like... I, I really wish that there was a mechanic for it to be more like an RPG where you're controlling three Pokemon going against a big, um, a big Pokemon. Like even uh, what what do they call those? Uh, not EX battles. The what are the giant Pokemon that you fight in Sword and Shield? Gigantamax. 
Sure, those ones. But even if, if they, yeah, Gigantamax. So if you had like Gigantamax Pokemon and like you could control all three of them like a traditional RPG and you had your move stuff, like that could be like a fun thing that Pokemon has never really had um, mm-hmm. to have like like boss characters that you don't have to catch later or you can't catch just kind of like an epic battle, um, which is why I want to see three Pikachu attack a Sephiroth. That would be my, um, oh wait, you can do that. Smash. Smash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> I know a few what you more mean, than uh, three. I, I know what you mean, though. Uh, was there anything else in the Freedom Game showcase that, that caught your eye? Yeah, there was um, uh, the Dark Deity game. Uh, it kind of looked like a Fire Emblem-like game. Uh, I, I don't exactly know if it's like a grid-based thing, but the battles mm-hmm. itself kind of look like that. And it looked pretty high quality, too. Um, and uh, like I occasionally like to play a game like that, and I was very in love with uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which, by the way, I know it's like a 240-hour game to beat, but you should really probably play that game at some point in your life. It's it's one of those games where I'm like, I know I would like this a lot. I uh, Good luck. Good luck having me complete it. Good luck having me play it. <laughs> uh, I, I want to. I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, but per- perhaps one day, Justin. So then earlier in the day, we uh we we did see the Halo multiplayer showcase. Did you watch this? I did. So it was like it was eleven minutes or so of um three four three talking through the Halo multiplayer stuff. Uh, it was we. It, here's the thing. It felt weird to me that it wasn't a part of the Xbox showcase. I think I I guess I understand why. Um, because, you know, Halo has had its time to shine in a lot of these showcases and they delayed it a whole year. So let's let the games that are coming out this year that were scheduled to come out this year get that showcase. So like, namely, uh, Forza Horizon 5 or Forza 5 Horizon. I don't know the order of that. Um, got that slot, at least it seemed, um, in yesterday's showcase. But today they showed off the multiplayer. Uh, uh, what do you what do you think of this? Because I have been a fan of Halo multiplayer in the past. Uh, particularly Halo Reach multiplayer. I used to come home on Friday nights. I would come home from school in high school and just play Halo Reach multiplayer for hours. Just all the different game modes were a lot of fun. But um, this one isn't maybe grabbing me so much, but I want to hear what you, what you have to say about it. Halo multiplayer for me, uh, I, I played Halo 1 a lot um, mm. with my friends when I was younger. Um, and like those were good because none of my friends were like like amazing at the game like they're good but like it was just a fun like thing to do but i think like my my problem with halo is i feel like the one of the things that you really need to be good at in halo is know the maps play it a lot and like learn where all the weapons are come up with like you know your strategies about how to get there first and where to go um and i i feel like it's it's a little Intimidating is the wrong word, but it's not great for a newcomer to kind of get in and like go through mm-hmm. the ropes of that because you're playing with people who've done it so long and they know where all the good weapons are and everything. Uh, and that might just be me being a bad gamer and stuff like that. But I, I like the Call of Duty style of having a loadout and um, the loadout is basically the thing, you, the weapon you are creating and catering towards. And I know that's not what Halo is, uh, but the multiplayer since Halo 1 really never grabbed me in a way other than mm-hmm. this is a novel experience that I'm playing multiplayer on an Xbox with a uh, wire, with a thing hooked up to the Ethernet cable, you know? Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I thought that the stuff that they were doing with this one was sort of moving it in that direction because now, you know, they said... I don't know if there are no vehicles on the map to begin with, but they said like vehicles are, you're going to call them in, in the same way that you might with something like battlefield or, um, 
or Call of Duty. And and the weapon drops are like the weapon pods in Halo 2 where they rain down from the sky instead of being at set specific locations. So I, I think it is going to be different enough to potentially be a little bit more welcoming to new people. But I totally understand what you mean. Uh, my problem with games like that a little bit is exactly what you're saying. Like, if you don't have experience with the weapon and you get it and you instantly die, it's like, okay, well, I'm never going to really learn how to be good. But this is the sniper rifle or the um, gravity hammer, which they just loved showing off in that. In that uh, <laughs> Literally, thing. they showed you could store it in the back of your Warhog. Yeah, I was like, is the gravity hammer? I mean, like, it's a good weapon. It's pretty much instant kill if you get a solid hit. But, like, yeah, anyway. Um, you have to store uh, it on the back of your Warthog? They did have bots, let me tell you. That, yes. To me, th- that that perked my interest. I don't know if that's been there before, but I was like, oh, bots, I can play. Uh, that, that at least gets you to that place where you feel comfortable and familiar enough with the um, maps and the game modes. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the fact that you can go in and do what was it called like training grounds or whatever I think is interesting for those new players and and I don't know I've been out the Halo game for a minute I'm those gonna bad try players and, like me I, well I'm gonna try and play through all the Halo games uh, leading up to it but like I don't know any of the good weapons anymore like it's not the Magnum anymore I know that but uh, I can I say something can I sure I don't love the art style I I don't I don't think it looks very good. And I know that's just a stylistic choice and that is a preference thing. But I think that like Halo 3 had a really cool art style where it was like relatively realistic, but like the alien like weapons and stuff and and technology had a very clear visual style. And like each of the different like alien races had different visual styles and like weapons and all that sort of stuff. It was all different. And then for this one, like I, I remember thinking about the art style from that initial trailer uh, back last year that everyone was mad about. Like I wasn't upset about like a lack of graphical fidelity. Uh, fidelity. I was kind of upset because I thought it didn't look very good. Like I just didn't like the direction they went with it. And it seems like they're sort of keeping that here, where they look more like action figures than like I don't know than spartan warriors but yeah i I think part of it reminds me of uh it's like the nostalgia factor except i don't know like nostalgia it's not necessarily the fact that you're you're like halo has a look and a feel that was created on the xbox right yes and like they are trying to keep that look and feel however gaming and graphics and things have gotten better you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's yeah. like when you're playing an old like alien game like uh the alien isolation you're playing that game and you're like surrounded with like technology that looked like it came out of the 80s yes it that's what it kind of feels like but it feels like the, it, I, and i totally get what you mean like i think this game could be so much more in terms of mm-hmm. how it looks and what they do with it but I do think it does hit those feelings of it being like, this is what Halo is. This is Halo 1. This is what it's going to make you feel like yeah. uh, when you're playing it. And I I, I, I don't know. You know my yeah. thoughts on Halo. I do. I do. Worse than the medium. I, the medium I can't is talk better. about it. I know. I want to say this one thing, and then I, want, I do want to move on. But, like, I also don't think <laughs> this is so, like nitpicky i guess or or surface level shallow maybe but i don't think the guns sound particularly good they sound very like like plinky does that make sense what's like pick, 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 as opposed to like heavy hitting yeah, and, and yeah. like loud so it just doesn't like watching that footage it looked like the people weren't doing that much damage 
and it didn't like feel like it was a powerful gun. You know what I'm saying? So, well, Peter, you, you know full well that uh, the dual sense is going to make that game even more awesome when you're playing uh, it. It's going to feel mm-hmm. like you're actually shooting mm-hmm. these guns, and each one's going to make a sound and a plink uh, and a and a vibrate. Well, It'll be mm-hmm. awesome, man. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just keep on believing that. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, what else? What else happened today? There's a did you oh 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 the the take two panel so take two interactive had a, hosted a panel that was all about inclusion diversity and uh equity and i thought it was a good panel i watched the whole thing uh i mean i usually turn the chat off for things for like live events because i think it's irritating to just have like text just like rolling by at 100 miles an hour but it was quite bad for this inclusivity diversity panel, which I mean makes sense because it's sad that it makes sense, but it makes sense because of the way that I think a lot of like gamers are. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was a good panel. I thought it was interesting, but I, I think a lot of people were talking about how like what a disappointment this E3 has been not necessarily. And we sort of talked about this a little bit before, but not necessarily specifically about the take Two interactive panel, not announcing games talking about diversity and inclusion uh but just saying like okay well these this was one of like the big names who was here and they didn't even announce a game and then you look at like we'll we'll get to what happened with capcom in a minute here they didn't like really announce a whole lot of new stuff and i think like i don't know did you think justin that going into this e3 that this was going to be like a mind-blowing e3 or did you think that this was going to be and i understand this is a leading question but like did you think that this would be an E3 that was put together during a global pandemic? I, um, I, I had expectations. I thought this could be a really good E3. Like I, yeah. those are my expectations, but then you start to see the people who got announced for it. Um, and it was, it was like, okay, there are some people here. This could be pretty good. I mean, we got, we got some big, we got square, we got Microsoft, we got, you mm-hmm. know, gearbox. Um, we got the, these companies, they could come up with some good stuff, but I think the the real culprit is the fact that the it almost feels like a lot of the content for E3 this year has to be these press conferences and these panels, and so many more press conferences and panels are being put to the front, where it usually just used to be the big hitter conferences, right? Like, yeah. now that there's so much that... That's not necessarily a bad thing. And to be clear, I almost enjoyed today's E3 more than day one. <laughs> <laughs> just in terms yeah. of the stuff because nothing overstayed its welcome nothing was super long um it was like it, a lot of different stuff that you could like put your focus on but you know i think a lot of people a lot of the casual people who are there at e3 not the media like us <laughs> a lot of the casual people are there for game announcements and if yeah. it's not if those aren't the things that are happening uh then it's going to be a problem one of the things that uh e3 that they uh had today um on their uh on the E3 stream was going back to the first ever E3. It was like telling all the stuff that happened back in 1995 when E3 started. And it was awesome because the, even though like that E3, they were talking about a couple like people not like really releasing game announcements and stuff like that. It kind of set the tone for what E3 expectations are. One of the things, for example, was um, the Sega Saturn was uh, was talked about um, and a price revealed at this. And it was supposed to be released a few months after E3, but then they were like, and you can get it today. Today, yeah. 
Like, can you imagine that? Like, so if Nintendo tomorrow is like, yeah, oh, oh, by the way, there is this Switch Pro. It's a little bit better and everything, and you can buy it today. Can you imagine that? It would be insane. Right. And not to be outdone, Sony comes out announcing their little console that's coming out in 95, and their president literally just gets up there, looks into the camera, and says, it's two ninety nine, and sits down. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, yeah. come on, like, that is amazing. <laughs> um, and then not only that, but Nintendo uh, showed off their N64. They had their uh, Virtual Boy uh, that they were showing off. Like, they have big stuff and big announcements and, like, exciting things. And I think, like, looking at that versus looking at what we have now, and this is just a very watered-down, spread-out, all-over-the-place kind of conference, I think that's why I feel like I'm like this has not been a great conference. And it, it, I... Am I, like, disappointed with stuff? No, there's some great games that were announced. I'm going to be interested to play a lot of these games, but Mm -hmm. it did not have the 95 levels of hype. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, To me, I just, I think it's a lot about, like, expectations. Uh, I've, Mm -hmm. uh, this is is anecdotal. Uh, Obviously, this is, like, my experience with this is not everyone's experience with this. Uh, But I've seen a lot of, like, wish lists on Twitter and things of people talking about like okay nintendo has to come save us and i think real quick uh i don't know if they're going to like people are yeah yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> i think they're gonna have some cool stuff but like is it going to like quote unquote save e3 no because if they're gonna announce one or two cool things and then a bunch of jrpgs that people are gonna be mad about do you know what i mean like Yeah, like, they could give away a Switch to everyone. They could announce, like, three games that are coming out in the next week that are awesome games. And, like, that's an awesome, like, thing for Nintendo, but does that make this E3 better? Uh, Right, like, uh, no, maybe, uh, probably not. Like, in general, probably not. But, like, people are, people have these giant wish lists that, to me, and I think we've talked about this before, to me are a little ridiculous about, like, I want Metroid Prime 4, Breath of the Wild 2, New mm-hmm. Mario Kart, New Mario yep. Odyssey. That's what needs to come yep. out of this presentation, and it all needs to release holiday 2021. It's like, yo, not happening. I, I, This is just my opinion. I don't think we're going to hear about Metroid Prime 4. I just don't. Uh, I don't think... That, I don't, <laughs> what's Metroid? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, Nintendo? I'm Nintendo, by the way. Was, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like... I think the expectations were really high for seeming for in, for in my opinion no reason because to me it's like yo these companies have been working at home might still be working at home so like them having really anything to show might not be that realistic do, do you sort of see what I mean or or am I crazy Oh, I think I think uh, p- people's expectations are elevated. And I think even going back to the history about like what we've seen before at E3, it's like that one more thing. It's like people are expecting that. And if you don't have right. that, then they're disappointed instead of it being a surprise. Then it becomes like, well, you need to have a one more thing. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a, a Marvel movie without a end credit scene. Like it's like right. you're expecting that and you're mad if you don't get one. Um, or if you see it, and it's like not a cool announcement. You're mad at that. Uh, it, it's I think people are setting expectations that are kind of sometimes impossible to live up to for, for Mm -hmm. anyone. Um, 
and it's not it's not a great thing to do but i do think e3 should be about hype moments and i ultimately i felt won this whole e3 like like exceptional hype and that was the uh what they call that uh guardians of the galaxy that was hype to me sure yeah a new game coming out awesome uh, speaking specifically about that square presentation uh because afterwards so we recorded our episode essentially right when that wrapped um and and in the past day or so i've been reading and again anecdotal stuff this is my experience on twitter but like people were disappointed that they showed so much of that game and that that game took up so much time uh do you i don't know even if you're not necessarily super interested in it i'm the i understand i'm an exception because i am interested in this game but like Four games that are that get these showcases. Uh, Forza, Forza Horizon. I'm not going to play that game. Probably, it got like five or ten minutes of that Xbox showcase where they just showed off parts of the game and they showed off different like mechanics that are going to be in there and showed off some of the different cars. And I think that's awesome for those people. You know why? Because that game is coming out later this year. I wasn't disappointed that we didn't get... it was a new announcement. (laughs) Exactly. I wasn't disappointed that we didn't get, like, more... I don't know. Let's say, like, Starfield gameplay. Because... Or or more on Starfield. Because that game is a year away. We're gonna get that. I'm excited for those Forza people in the same way that, like, I'm stoked about seeing all that Guardians of the Galaxy stuff because it's coming out in four months. (laughs) That's insane. So... I understand being upset that Final Fantasy 16 wasn't there or like, I don't know, updates on Final Fantasy 14 or uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2 or whatever. But first of all, those are, with the exception of Final Fantasy 14, those are Sony things. And like, I'm going to assume that those games are going to be at whatever Sony wants to do later this summer. But then also like, those games aren't out and they're not coming out anytime soon. So just (laughs) let the people have their excitement. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think one of the things that E3 is struggling with this year because everyone's at home and everyone can be a part of it. It struggles like like what is their audience? Is it the business people? Is it right. the other developers? Is it the media people? Or is it the public? Right? Like it, it, there's so many things. And I think today was like that perfect example of like they try to please everyone, and what happened? Mm-hmm. No one was pleased. Yeah. So it, I, I think. There, I, I think E3 had problems even before the pandemic, and I think the pandemic has just made it something that is there. But I yes. I do think that if there's an E3 next year, that's going to be like the ticket, like an in-person E3. Like that will be mm-hmm. so exciting because I do miss the people playing demos and I do miss the, the hearing more about it like throughout the week. And we still probably will get that, I'm assuming, uh, yeah. as the week closes out. Um, but I feel like there's so many conferences and, and there's so many games I wrote down and heard and titles that they all kind of like go together. Um, like again, uh, going to the square conference, the, they had a image of Forspoken at the end of there, but even Forspoken sounds like a dozen other indie games, <laughs> like the name, uh, uh, indie games that yeah. I've, I've, uh, heard this week. So yeah. Um, you just, you know, enjoy, enjoy the good things and, and for the bad stuff, don't, make other people's happiness or hard work uh, feel diminished for it. Because as much as the Razor thing wasn't for me, those people really put a lot of work into that conference and and, and talking about yeah. them. They were proud about their company, proud about what they had to show. So I'm not going to sit there and start making fun of them or saying it's stupid or what the hell's going on here. Uh, 
because like that doesn't do anyone any good. And uh, someone took something away from that conference positively. Um, and if it wasn't you, hopefully there'll be something else. Maybe Nintendo will do it. If you like Microsoft, hey, that was a good E3 for you then, right? Yeah, 100%. One last thing from today, from E3 Day 3. I think that's a fun That's fun to say. <laughs> E3 Day 3. Yeah. Uh, Capcom. So they had a 30-minute presentation uh, that we both watched and they didn't there wasn't they were ahead of this and they said like hey here are the games we're going to be talking about and they were all i think mostly games that are out and or have come out in the past few months or are coming out in the next few months they showed off like four things um they showed off this phoenix wright ace attorney chronicles game that has been out in japan that's coming over to the u.s uh or in you know the rest of the world which is cool i'm not an ace attorney fan so i didn't have any thoughts have you played those games I haven't, but let me tell you, I I, uh, I appreciated the deep dive because I got to understand what the gameplay is because I hear a lot of people yeah. talk about Ace Attorney and I'm always like, well, what are you actually doing it? And they went over a couple like fun things like the dance of deduction uh, where they have this character that's like your partner called Herlock Sholmes for the love mm-hmm. of God. What a uncreative <laughs> name. Um, I wonder if that's like the uh, like the thing or do, do they like make those kind of commentaries? Because if that's constant throughout, that'd be pretty funny. But anyway, but yeah, like no he will make a deduction and then you have to prove him wrong. And that looked kind of fun. I don't mm-hmm. know how much agency you have in order to do it. Or is it just kind of like finding the right thing to press A for? Right. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not into it, but I've always in the back of my mind said I should probably play this game. Sure. Sure. So they showed that they showed Monster Hunter stories, too. Uh and then they showed off what is coming to Monster Hunter Rise. We talked about this. These are not games that we play. <laughs> uh, that, that's fine, though. Um, and then they talked a little bit about Resident Evil Verse and then Resident Evil Village. So Resident Evil Verse is like their multiplayer game that's launching. Uh, they announced, I think, did they announce the date that it starts? Like July or something like that? Uh, if they did, I didn't write it down, but they might. They said, oh, they said in quote, next month. Okay, so. I, yeah, I wrote that down sarcastically. <laughs> it's coming out. It's coming out in July. Uh, and then also they brought up Resident Evil Village DLC. Now, Justin, I've just finished Resident Evil Village. And I'm going to mm-hmm. guarantee with 100% certainty. And if not, I will eat a hat i will eat a hat a literal baseball cap if this doesn't happen you heard it here first the dlc will be about lady dimitrescu oh yeah absolutely like i I think they did not expect they did not expect people to be so thirsty for that for that vampire witch demon beast she's a vampire who turns into a dragon sorry that was sort of a spoiler um she's not uh, here's a Here's another spoiler. She's not in the game for very long. It's very clear that they did not know that she was going to be as popular as she was. Anyway, uh, 100% that's going to be the DLC, that she's going to be involved in it in some way because they, did, uh, they didn't know that she was going to be so popular. But people were upset that they didn't do an end one more, even though that they came out and said, hey, here's what we're talking about. People were upset that they didn't come out and say, oh, and one more thing, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, now, Justin, I know you think Resident Evil 4 is fine, right? Uh, I never beat it. Right. But I, I think it's great. Um, 
a remake would be fine. I'm sure it'd be good. However, I feel like when, okay. When it came out that Sony was potentially working on like a Last of Us remake, everyone was really upset. So today, I think it's today, Mark's is the eight year anniversary of the first Last of Us being released. So it's almost been 10 years since that game came out. Um, so th- that's a decent amount of time. And people were upset for two reasons, it seemed. First of all, because it's like, yo, this game just came out. I mean, eight years, that's like, <laughs> that's a decent amount of time away, right? And then secondly, I was people, a much different person eight years ago. I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, <laughs> how's that? Uh, I was, yeah, 15. Um, and then also people are upset because they're saying that, yo, this game, this is a game that is widely accessible and very like anyone can pick up and play because you're going to be able to play it on any consoles, right? Or I guess just on PS4, PS5, but like it is widely accessible to get and to play. And the same people who are saying, yo, the last of us remake is bad, but for these reasons is are saying that about resident evil four and okay. Yo, resident evil four came out uh was it 2004 so it's it's been a long time since that game came out but you can play that game literally on anything on anything you can play it on the wii you can play it on the uh, that was on the gamecube that was exclusive for the gamecube you can play it on the switch you can play it on the ps4 ps5 xbox uh, pc fucking graphing calculators i think there's a mobile version <laughs> of it uh if i'm mistaken i apologize but it is so widely accessible. I guess I just don't understand why this game is okay to be remade when like The Last of Us was such a big deal. You know what I'm saying? I I my response to that is that there could be a world in which I like that game significantly more remade than the original mm-hmm. one. Uh because sure. playing it like I've tried. I literally on the podcast booted up that game it shouted in my ear Resident Evil and tried to like get over the controls and I just I can't at this point. Um yeah. And I also think the re-release of Resident Evil 2 um, and how good that game was and how like that updated and improved so much about the original Resident Evil 2 mm-hmm. from its controls to the atmosphere to everything. Um, I think that is what people are hoping will happen to Resident Evil 4. Sure. But I also feel like it's a double-edged sword because I don't think Resident Evil 2 and 3 are as close to being beloved on the same level as Resident Evil 4. Because many people tell you Resident Evil 4 is their favorite game of all time. Best game yeah. of all time. Awesome game. Uh, Leon's hair, pretty nice. Uh, but, like, it, they're going to have to change stuff. They're going to have to do different stuff, whether it's right. controls, graphics, whatever. Like, that's going to mess that game up. And I kind of worry, like, even going back to the uh, Mario uh, All-Stars, 3D All-Stars, and how, like few things were changed and things that weren't changed people are mad about things that were changed people are mad about and people are just mad yeah so i don't know i i i don't i at a certain point like you know it's coming like would seeing a picture of leon uh in a better (laughs) hd resolution whatever would that do it for you and if it does uh go to (laughs) deviantart.com and you will get that (laughs) Very true. Very true. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I agree. I don't uh, I don't know. It'll either happen or it won't go play Resident Evil Village. That game's basically just Resident Evil four. I mean, it's got the same opening, essentially, yeah. like uh, it's a very similar setup. But yeah, I. Uh, 
I didn't think that they were going to do an end one more thing and talk about Resident Evil 4 because I think that they were very clear, like, hey, here's what we're talking about. And the reason the reason companies do that is to temper expectations so people don't get it in their heads that uh, one more thing or some crazy announcement is coming, you know? Exactly. And and they need to do that because of what people have done with their expectations and how they've ruined everything. Yeah, precisely, precisely. But those are my thoughts on E3 Day 3. Do you have any more, Justin? Any, anything else you want to talk about discuss um yeah I, the elden ring uh so uh, funny the H- halo multiplayer and then the elden ring stuff that ign oh, right. did uh was was outside of e3 and i i am now i'm really interested to see what bandai namco is going to do tomorrow in terms of elden mm-hmm. ring um because basically uh there was an interview about the game with miyazaki the creator of uh from software and souls god himself in which he answered a bunch of questions about it and i think there's some things that came out of there that were both interesting um and made me a little hopeful about the game but i still think ultimately based on some of the answers and responses it's going to be another souls kind of game with a few differences to it yeah um like the one of the questions like is this going to be like a fully open world and he said that parts are going to be like locked off at the beginning, but there's going to be more freedom. And they kept saying freedom, 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 freedom for combat, freedom for exploring, freedom for for ways to tackle situations. And I think that's funny that that was the word that came up the most in this uh, interview because uh, Sekiro, uh, Sekiro, whatever, uh, Sekiro, when that came out, uh, you didn't have that combat freedom. So it's kind of like they're going the opposite direction of that. Like they're yeah. not course correcting, but they're doing something else because Sekiro, that was your character. You got all the moves, like that's what you did. You couldn't have different classes and stuff. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they go in the opposite direction if they do make things more open. And what does that look like for um, uh, a, a Souls-like game uh, that is a little bit more open world with a large, massive place? So that kind of stuck out to me. Um, did you watch that and did anything stick out to you? I didn't watch it. I, I read some of the highlights read it, from sorry. it, though. Yeah. Um, it's interesting talking about it being open world. And I'm curious what exactly that means. Because to my memory of Dark Souls, uh, speaking specifically about the first one, because I think that's the one I put the most time into, despite never beating it. That one is pretty open world. Like, you get to that for, uh, you know, you do the intro section and then you get dropped off by like a giant bird or something. And then you can kind of just explore all sorts of different places. Yes, there are like there is a proper order that you should be doing it in terms of like <laughs> equipment that you have and whatnot. But the specification of, of Elden Ring being open world to me always kind of like makes me question what exactly the difference is going to be. Cause it sounds like it's just going to be like, Oh, you can go to any of these areas in any order. But if you're looking for like a, a game that is well balanced and scales and difficulty, then it, you're not going to maybe get that experience. It's not, it's definitely possible for sure. But like, let's say you get super low. Lo- if you, let's say you get super leveled up in the first area. Well, then when you go to the second area, unless it has like scaling enemies or, you know, whatever, which it might, uh, you, it might not be, you might not feel that challenge because you're too high of a level. And then you go to the third area. Okay. Well now you're even more high of a level. You know what I'm trying to say with that? Yeah. I think the way I look at a dark souls game, um, 
to me, that's not an open world game. To me, that's a 3D Metroidvania game. Sure. Like, I don't consider Metroidvanias. You can technically go anywhere in those and explore those. But a lot of that is more about solving the exploration puzzle rather Mm -hmm. than just being open and, like, go anywhere and see things. Like, when you go into a room, you're funneled in in a Souls game to go through a room in a certain way. Like you come yeah. in this door, we're gonna throw this thing down the the stairs at you. Then this this enemy is gonna come from behind this corner. But if it's an open world, you could get that same room, but come in from four different ways, um, and it's not like you're funneled through it. Mm, you can mm-hmm. a- a- tackle it in a way that you want. So. I, I do think there's a slight distinction there in that the interview didn't necessarily sell me that this is going to be a Breath of the Wild Souls game. <laughs> Correct, But they yeah. did have one thing that was announced that I think people might be happy about. Was it multiplayer? Was that the thing? Like, hanging out no. with your friends, doing it with your friends? It's a new no, thing. What? Oh, what? New things for a Souls game, not for Sekiro. You can jump. Ah, yes, yes. So that, to me, that signifies that there might be some more exploration things that are based about you getting to certain places. And I know you still have that, like, you know, roll, jump, dodge thing that you could do in in a Souls game. But maybe it is going to be more open in a way. Yeah. But um, I do want to say one thing about this interview. I do suggest you read it if you're a little bit interested interested about um, Elden Ring. It was a quick read, but at the very end... Um, uh, Miyazaki said uh, this is a long quote but it just kind of like I like this guy a lot he seems like a cool dude he mm-hmm. said I hope it was okay referring to the interview this is actually our first interview for Elden Ring so we really appreciate your time in a single interview it's very hard to go into a great deal of detail and answer all of your questions I imagine there's a lot that's difficult to imagine difficult to grasp but as far as I'm concerned after my 10 years or so directing games this really feels like a culmination of everything that I've enjoyed about game development and everything I've brought to this point. I really, really hope that as a fan of the games, you'll enjoy it. On behalf of the whole team at From, this is a compilation of everyone's passion here and everyone's dedication. So we just were really enthusiastic about the project and we can't wait for people to play it. That's awesome. Like That's awesome. It wasn't even a prompted thing, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. tell me about what you, the team is feeling. He just like ended the interview like that, and like to to finish an interview and say, "I hope that was an okay interview." Like, I hope I gave you information that you can use. <laughs> yeah. Like, who does that? And like, what that's a such nice a nice guy, thing. Yeah. And yeah, and I totally support it. So uh, definitely uh, give give the the IGN interview uh, a click right now. If you go on IGN, their homepage, they have like four. Uh, like a continuous picture with four stories um, all about Elden Ring, kind of based off of the interview. Mm-hmm. But um, good stuff, and I, I, I'm excited for this game, uh, but I'll probably never beat it because that's how I usually treat um, from software games. <laughs> I buy them and I play them until I got the money's worth out of it, and I'm like, cool, thank you. Got to go back and play Bloodborne. Yeah, it reminds me of Returnal. Yeah, same game. I, I was happy to beat it, but it was less of an insurmountable challenge because it was less obtuse than Souls games a little bit are. But and here we are at the close of another day of E3. We can see here the uh, they're, they're shutting the lights off. They're shooing us to get out of here. Uh, we gotta go. Okay, cool. No, yeah, we'll just we're just gonna wrap the show up. We're just gonna wrap the show up. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. We'll see if that translates well to audio. Another day. At E3. <laughs> <laughs> Another day. Uh, we're excited for t- tomorrow's going to be interesting, to say the least. I'm going to probably have a lot to say. Whether or not Nintendo really comes out swinging, I think 
either way, that'll be an interesting conversation with that. And then also Bandai Namco, because as Justin, you brought up earlier, Elden Ring's been revealed. They're doing interviews about it. Like what is going to be in their showcase? Are they just going to show off more gameplay? I'm sure they might talk about Scarlet Nexus and um, they've got another like anime game coming out as well. But what if they announce at the Nintendo Direct that Elden Ring coming to Switch day one? That would actually be dope. I mean, like, that would be insane. Because is, is Dark Souls the only one that's on there? Probably, right? Sekiro definitely yeah. isn't. Yeah. yeah. That's actually, that's where I played Dark no. Souls 1 for the first no. time. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> and that's a great place for it, because when you get frustrated, uh, you can throw the console far away from you. Yeah, I didn't, because I uh, value my little Switch. The, the little Switch that could is what I call it, sometimes trying to <laughs> render some of those areas. But, um, yeah, so so excited to talk about Switch stuff tomorrow there's gonna the next time we chat dear listener there's going to be some stuff to say i don't know what it's gonna be but there's gonna be a whole lot to say about nintendo and the future of uh video games so i'm i'm excited to have that conversation when we get there uh justin do you have anything else to say before we wrap up here uh uh i ultimately summary of the day watch the freedom game showcase because it was fun uh, to see the developers talk about it. I like that format, and there's some interesting games in there that go from everything from a bloody shooter to a dog-rescuing game. Yeah, all right, I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. Go watch that that showcase. Uh, in the meantime, sleep, sleep tight, gamers. We'll see you tomorrow. Always remember, old games are old. Later. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs>